Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Welcome to Handbook for Humanity. Uh, this is Becky Landry. I'll be anchoring today, um, taking the place of Colby Allen, uh, and trying to do as well as he does. <laughs> <laughs> we have a special guest today um, with us um, to talk about a topic that we're actually going to spend a couple of sessions on over the podcast um pornography and the effect of pornography on men women children relationships marriages family and our society at large okay just a disclaimer as we um, dive into the topic of pornography uh, for the handbook for humanity for the next couple of weeks we want to make sure that our listeners are aware that some of the content may not be appropriate for younger listeners. Um, We look forward to sharing this topic, but we want to create a safe space to do so. Our guest today is Margaret Rocks. Um, She's founder of Healing Hearts Support Community for Women um, who are in a relationship with men suffering from sex addiction. But um, Margaret has been kind of a, a forerunner in being able to raise the awareness about the topic of pornography, especially in Acadiana. And I've had the pleasure of being able to work alongside her uh, with that. And so we welcome you, Margaret. You want to say hello? Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you, Becky. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you. And I believe Tom's going to be joining us today for the conversation, so... So, yep, so excited to be here with you <laughs> ladies today. I'm uh, going to uh, represent the, uh, the the male side of our group. Thank and, you. And uh, hopefully I can uh, can pull my own weight there. But uh, I, I know this is a, uh, a topic that impacts a lot of people in our in our area and uh, in the world today. So re- really looking for some, some guidance, and hopefully we can help some of our listeners out there uh, get a handle if this is an issue in their lives. So looking forward to it. Yes. Wonderful. So when I said I was able to work alongside Margaret, there's a couple of ways that I was able to join her. Um, Just really, she already had things in the works that I attended and then began to help with. Um, Margaret, together with Father Champagne, right, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, actually hosted a conference. Do you remember what year? It was 2011. 2011, um, a conference called The Naked Truth. Um, which was a great, amazing um, way to kind of kickstart awareness and uh, intervention, education, and healing. And a lot has grown from that conference. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience, Margaret? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, just to back up just a, just a little bit, uh-huh. it was probably about 2008 that I left um, training the hospice volunteers at Hospice of Acadiana and went to work for my brother's family foundation. Okay. And looking for something to really hit um, an unmet need in our community, mm-hmm. I remember speaking to Father Champagne about it. And it was at his suggestion 
that we should try to see what we could do about the issue of pornography because they have been hearing about it, he and his fellow priests, so often in the confessional. Yeah. And he said, maybe there's something that could be done. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where the research began. Yes. And um, before we had that conference, I came across a, a two-day consultation that was held by the Witherspoon Institute at Princeton University called The Social Cost of Pornography. Okay. And they brought 50... Uh, different individuals of every background Mm -hmm. from psychology, psychiatry, um, sociology, you name it, and uh, did a rigorous uh, study and inquiry into all of the effects of of pornography. Mm -hmm. And they all signed off on it at the end in their conclusions that this indeed posed a health risk. Yes. And that's what prompted me to say, if they can do it, we can do it. And this is an indeed... A health risk mm-hmm. for people and is impacting millions of people. Let's see what we can do, and that's what that's prompted how it, the okay. the conference. And you had uh, some amazing um, speakers. resources and speakers mm-hmm. that you brought in. Um, did Mark Hook come? He did. Mark helped yes. with the with the King's Men at the time. He yes. and Damien uh, Wargo, who was. A partner there came and, and spoke, did a phenomenal job. We yeah. had Dr. Marianne Layden mm-hmm. um, at the University of Pennsylvania Psychiatric Department, and who's phenomenal. Uh, we got um, Heath Evans yes. came because he was working on a foundation of his own with his wife mm-hmm. um, for child abuse, uh-huh. and he came. So he was particularly a- attracted to the the kid the um youth event that we did the previous night and then the next day was called the social consequences of pornography right for adults yes okay i remember that yeah i remember that that was wonderful mark recently has been in the news remember we and but he was completely exonerated exonerated yes so grateful Um, what a wonderful man what a wonderful man and it was wonderful to have him and the the organization that he started the the king's men is still in existence i know there's still support groups out there such a champion Um, for helping men out of pornography Mm -hmm. and helping women see their own dignity remember becky he would go and um they would protest in front of these video stores and they would they were able to you know really I think circumvent a lot of the mm-hmm. activity that was there and they would do everything they could to just help men see that there's a way out of this yeah. and they, they're made yeah. for so much more. Yes. Yes. So from there, um, there continued to be some, um, thought about what would be next, right? Yes. And then what, what happened? Well, then? after that, after the two day, um, event that we hosted, we knew we had struck a chord with just the sheer numbers of people that came mm-hmm. um, from the public, but we also had law enforcement, principals, um, educators, just of interest, wanting to yeah. learn more about this topic. We knew we had struck a chord. And so from there, I learned from Pat Truman and Don Hawkins with the National Center on Sexual Exploitation about Clay Olson uh-huh. and fight the new drug. And uh-huh. incidentally, I've served on the board of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation about 12 years now. Mm-hmm. And the work that they do, I need to give them special recognition for sure. because they're phenomenal. Yeah. And they hold these huge summits every year, and they've done so much in this arena to mm-hmm. uh, to bring about awareness and education and now yeah. legislation. But 
that dynamic duo, when I met Clay Olson, <laughs> he was just amazing. And we invited them down here to conduct like a school tour uh-huh. into all the high schools. And Becky, we must have done it for three consecutive years, as you can yes, recall and remember. That's where I merged. That's where <laughs> that's you where merged. merged. Okay, go right. Yeah, that was a yes. blessing for both of yeah, us. That was it was awesome. a gift oh. um, to be able to be with you for many of those presentations, if not all of them, I can't remember. Um, and then to bring that over into the Diocese of Baton Rouge and have it done in some church parishes and schools there. But it was amazing that you even got them into the public school system and, and there was a movement of um, being able to have those, um, those, I'm having one of those 49 year old moments. What do they call them when they do a presentation in a school? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, the the, um, presentation, (laughs) (laughs) the rally, the, the, the whole presentation. Yeah. Fight the new drug drug presentation. Yeah. But, um, but it was, it was, it was really great to see, um, that happen. I I think it's time for another round. I think you're right. (laughs) I'm in if you are. I think it's time for another round and we will be talking more about fight the new drug resources over the course of the next couple of weeks because there's so much that they have to offer, but they really were, um, they really are still cutting edge at being able to really wa- raise awareness of how porn affects our our brain, our relationships, our world, right? Brain, heart, world. Brain, That's heart, what they- world. There it is. Yeah, and um, and so so that was really great to be a part of for sure. And then what was next? Well, <laughs> what came next? Well, after that, and mm-hmm. we had. You know, now approach the public school with this, the private schools. I felt very strongly that I was convicted and um, being prompted, honestly, by the Holy Spirit to to provide a resource for women, mm-hmm. women whose relationships have been pa- impacted by pornography or sex addiction of a loved one or mm-hmm. a spouse. And so then I began to, um, you know, in contemplating that, um, began to gather my thoughts with that, do a little more research, and in 2013, that's when I launched Healing Hearts yes. uh, for women here in Yes, Brooklyn. and that's where we want to spend the most of our time we're okay. talking today, because okay. that's a really beautiful um, movement that's been going on for years and years and brought so much fruit and healing oh, thank you. in the area. Um, yeah, so, all right, well, when that, tell, tell us a little bit more about how you came up with the content, the structure. I remember at one point I was visiting with you and you handed me a folder that had healing hearts on the top of it. And you said, what do you think about this? And uh, you you had a, a flyer, you had kind of like a structure. And, and how did all that come to be? Well, I really mm-hmm. want to give uh, credit to a program in Michigan uh-huh. that I believe it was called My House. And up in Michigan in a uh-huh. parish setting was the only... Um, program that I was aware of at all at the time and one of the parishioners there was running it and could not have been kinder in sharing information with me and how she does it and the materials and um I was so pleased and from there I just said okay well I want I want to do something here Mm -hmm. and that just kind of evolved from there and um just was really grateful for her help and suggestions and so um yeah that's how that happened and then we developed a logo and actually my little niece at the time Mm -hmm. I I was coming and trying to decide on what the name would be and she was the one who said 
Aunt Margaret, how about healing hearts? And I said, oh. sweetie, that's perfect. That's good. That'll be it. <laughs> yes, it is perfect. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and then from there, I, I think it went out through the Diocese of Lafayette. And are there other ways that, um, that it's made available? Right now, it's pre- predominantly th- on the diocesan website. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, it's in the bulletins of the church parish. And yes. truthfully, aside from that, I have not advertised it in any way Mm -hmm. um honestly it's a very intimate kind of a setting it is it needs to be it's very anonymous it's very confidential it needs to be very uh guarded and protected for the safety of the women and their comfort Mm -hmm. and security and so Mm -hmm. um i you know i have not now i would love to see a number of groups spawn from this and i would love parish settings to mm-hmm. pick this up mm-hmm. but f- until that happens you know yeah. uh, but we welcome anybody who who calls and comes and we now have it available on zoom and we'll talk more about some of the co- things like that but yeah uh, we we have because of covid mm-hmm. we made it available by zoom okay and that worked for a while and now we're back in the imp- person person, right Mm -hmm. for well over a year or so but zoom is still available so it's an option so you'll meet in person but someone can zoom in absolutely Uh, okay absolutely so we welcome any good yeah very Um, good and uh, i don't know what the correlation necessarily is but since covid and all at home and the isolation for for individuals and the porn industry uh-huh. and their dubious tactics, we've gotten a lot more members since then because okay. you can see how they could prey on people who are, yes. are bored, who are yeah. filled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, so. I have seen, I, I mean, just in speaking with you and, and offering, I offer Broken and Beloved, right? right. Um, and invite the women from your group. So, and I have seen your numbers go up yes. significantly but in the but it hasn't um actually it's made the the ministry and the organization stronger correct the growth you yeah. can see that all these beautiful women receiving this healing are now really in relationship with one another journeying and bringing others in it's a beautiful gift it really is. is and and your retreat has been yeah. a wonderful method means of healing for them too yeah. and for those who have been fortunate enough to be able to attend have gotten so much out of that and it's just formed a whole yes. uh, cohesive bond for everybody. It's a gift to be able to offer it. Thank you. Yeah. Betty, I, well, for we, doing that. We've talked about Broken and Beloved before yeah. on the podcast mm-hmm. and I've talked about how the first one we did was in Acadiana mm-hmm. in Gaydon for Healing Hearts. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's been a common thread um, that we've spoken about before. So I'm so grateful to be able to offer that. It's, it's a gift all around. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about like the structure of the meeting sure. and kind of how things roll? Sure. So um, like any little ministry, obviously we all meet and we meet in a very, an undisclosed location. Um, so it's an intimate setting and we just, we begin by prayer, of course. And then uh, everyone has an opportunity for a check-in. And I just want to know one word that describes how they're feeling right at that moment, mm-hmm. not how they felt when they woke up that morning or the previous night, but how do they feel right at this moment? And it's very telling mm-hmm. to the other members uh, when someone says, I'm um, I'm really scared or I, I'm numb, you know, mm-hmm. various emotions that are very telling before they even begin sharing. Sure. And um, 
And then from there, if we do have a new member present, we'll have a period of introduction where each of the other members will be able to go around and say uh, what brought them to the group and Mm -hmm. share a little bit about themselves briefly so that it makes this new member feel very comfortable and um you know, when there's always that intimidation factor at first and yes. the nerves, we want them to feel very at home, very welcomed and very comfortable. And so they get to hear a little bit about the other ladies and then they are um, welcome to honor us with their own story mm-hmm. if they like and they have undivided mm-hmm. attention to do that. Yeah. And then from there, Becky, we just go on into, um, we use this workbook that mm-hmm. honestly I thank you for suggesting to me, but tri- mm-hmm. b- um Betrayal and Beyond yes, by Pure good, Desire Ministries, which is very good. It's mm-hmm. it's a very clinical as well as a Christian based workbook, and um, and so I like we like to hear from the women share about where they are in the workbook mm-hmm. and what they're particularly working on, mm-hmm. what struck them that yeah. week, and so some of their sharing is that. And with young mothers and lots of kids, there are times when they can't get to the workbook. Sure. So we're mm-hmm. so grateful that they're even there. Yes. And then they're invited to share from their week or whatever's yeah. impacting yeah. them at the moment. Well, and when I've I've been able to attend the meetings a couple of times and um, over the years, and uh, I find even if the young women who are there or the older women even are sometimes too busy to get to the workbook, the others that are sharing kind of bring them into um well, yeah, I want to get back to this because look at what's happened for, exactly. the, for her. Or maybe even a piece of it is broken open for them that they really needed to hear that day that they wouldn't have gotten to themselves. But by another woman sharing what she did in the workbook, it brings some freedom even in that session. Exactly. You know, that's a real great dynamic. Yeah. You're right, Becky. Mm-hmm. And I think that what the beauty of it is, is nobody's on the same page, the same uh-huh. chapter. And no pressure to do so, which is nice. Exactly. And so it gives a new member um, an idea of what they're going to be embarking Uh on when, and for the older members, as they, as they hear, they can see where they're going to progress and how the healing Mm -hmm. occurs. And for the older members, they can be recalled and reminded humbly where they began. Sure. And so it's a beautiful, um, method of that and I find the ones that and some of these chapters are tough they're very provoking questions they're very challenging Mm -hmm. because it's really designed for their healing and their um, recovery from trauma and PTSD and a number of things we'll talk about but as a result um, some will say I really didn't want to pick this book up I was doing everything I could to avoid it Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I opened it up and that chapter spoke to me directly about yeah. what I needed that very day. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, this isn't on our, our list of show notes. So, I, you know, um, I'm going to spin a little bit on you, but I, but this is coming up for me. Um, and the dynamic of receiving women, um, both in the retreat, I do it more often in the retreat, you do it through the, uh, through the group, um, often hear women who, when they find out for the first time that their, their husband is, is addicted to pornography or, struggling with pornography or any other sex addiction, their first go-to is they start to find, try to find every resource for him and get on, you know, the, um, this, this real, uh, focused effort to get him the healing that he needs. And sometimes they're met with resistance. Sometimes they're met with cooperation, 
But a lot of times they're spinning in that place and feeling very overwhelmed. And most times these women are, are sometimes working and mothers um, and are, have multiple children and to take care of. And now they have this trying this focused effort to get all the help that they can for their husband so that he can heal. And they don't realize that it has to start with seeking their own healing and their own support to be able to manage and be in that role of a supportive spouse to help them through the healing process. And if that, if they skip that, that it, it usually just deteriorates or, or falls out from underneath them. It's too big of a task to take on by themselves. Do you find that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, the women typically want to micromanage the, yes. the, the mm-hmm. healing and recovery for the men. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's traumatizing to them. First of all, I think women's intuition is so remarkable. Yes. Because how the women often discover this is they there is an intuition. They know. Mm-hmm. And then s- suddenly they wake up in the middle of the night. Their husband's not in bed. And they later find they find him in mm-hmm. the house looking viewing pornography, or they yeah. discover a receipt, or yeah. um, from something, or computers. It's left on the computer screen, and a child. Yes. a vast array mm-hmm. of different discoveries right. that happen that are so traumatizing mm-hmm. and startling. It leaves them devastated. It yes. leaves them completely incapacitated in yes. some cases and when some of these women have come for the first time Mm -hmm. they are just to have driven to the meeting and to get there was a monumental task sure because they're in such a state yeah just a a, just a horrific state yes and so yeah you're right there's so much healing that has to happen for them Mm -hmm. and um but when they begin to realize that Mm -hmm then I have seen miraculous things occur. Yeah, I agree. Once you can help them to, and and for, in my experience, it takes time. You know, you can tell it to them one time, like if you really want to help him, seek the help that you need. And it's a process for them to, they might take you up on that, but they're still going back and forth in their little hearts and minds of, like really trying to primarily fix him, right? you know, because there's so much at stake for them and their children in the process. But when they do, like you said, make that, you know, they get over that hump and they actually start to experience being stabilized and supported, especially in your beautiful group, the way that then the healing is so, it becomes so, um, takes on a, a more, um, a hopeful turn mm-hmm. and a life-giving turn for them. I mean, I know it's still hard, but there's something that's sustaining, I find, that enters in at that point. And you Be- you absolutely. Yeah. And Becky, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. They're here and they're shaking, they're trembling, yeah. fighting back tears, and they're saying, why am I here? He's the one with the problem. Right. You know? Yes. Why do I have to uh-huh. be here? Can't you understand that? I can. I can say, why? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I want, he's got to get this fixed. Yeah. He's got to fix this problem. Yeah. He can just stop looking at it. Yeah. But until you understand addiction mm-hmm. and when we can help them, and yeah. that's where betrayal and beyond comes in in the books where it explains mm-hmm. so well the, the addiction to the brain and, mm-hmm. and the natural chemicals and um, in the brain and that whole process of addiction 
it's very hard for them to comprehend what this is. Why can't they stop? We've got three children. I'm pregnant for another. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why you're doing this. And then to internalize that it's about them and where that takes them right, Mm -hmm. is a whole nother path of trauma and uh, immobilization for them for for a duration of time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe just a... um, kind of a man on the street question for this is just a maybe the top three things if there's somebody out there who's listening to us that says oh come on what's what's so bad about this this has been around forever um in your field what would you say are the three top things that really are deeply impactful for people in relationships that unfortunately fall into this category well, for one thing, um, you know, you always, you're right, you're right, Tom, always heard, it's just a, a harmless pastime. Mm-hmm. This can't possibly hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not a real person. I'm doing this so for the for the person struggling with the same, uh, the addiction, they can justify this in any numerous ways. You know, I'm not really hurting anybody, mm-hmm. but they are hurting someone. They're hurting themselves immediately because um number one is fantasy it's sure fantasy they don't realize that these images over time um are are searing themselves really into their memory and into their brain where when it's not even at will they will resurface again and it creates that whole craving and the desire for with sexual impulse to start the whole ritualization process again I think they also, the whole, coupled with the whole masturbatory conditioning Mm -hmm. thing with pornography, you know, then they're seeing these images online that are photoshopped, airbrushed. They're not reality. So it helps, it really forms a false sense of, um, I guess, impression about women and what women should look like. So your wife just had a baby or she's carrying a child. I mean, she's not a size zero, you know, this perfect image that they portray, always wanting sex, uh, never says no, it's never a bad time, and no emotional needs need to be met. Everything just happens very quickly in these porn narratives. And so it's just, it's, it's, it really does impact the impression um, and just the false beliefs that people develop as a result of these narratives. Well, and one of the things that I learned as I continued to study the issue and understand it better, um, you know, when a person, and and now we know that women are struggling with pornography as well as men, and it's a, it's rising in, in the statistics that, you know, it's becoming, um, you know, more common for, for women to struggle as well with pornography addiction. But so when a person looks at porn, and um and is um and acts out you know sexually with it um then it's natural that shame um comes in and anger towards self you know and whether that that's usually not processed in a very healthy way if you've just looked at porn um so the more one engages the more the opposite sex becomes um, a stimulus for anger and rage. Yes. 
that is deep seated and has been in you know growing in the person towards themselves but sometimes gets expressed towards the other person and they don't even realize you know how this dynamic has happened when that was explained to me i often would teach young people when we were talking about pornography about that to that that you want to eventually the person that you love and are attracted to eventually to have this anger towards them that you don't even understand you don't understand and they don't understand it and it could totally break your entire relationship and when that dynamic starts to happen in a marriage in a family you know for these women with their husbands and and um it it really can become something that becomes toxic for the whole family absolutely um and so it's it's a when we we've talked about even before we were preparing to start this show we talked about how some States, many states. We uh, we couldn't remember exactly the number. Maybe but I think it's roughly sixteen. 16 Becky, yeah. maybe sixteen to seven. That have declared um, pornography a health crisis, public health crisis, a public health yeah. crisis, and all the deterioration that comes with it. Um, you know, in future episodes, we we are going to be recording um, and talking about that with state officials in Louisiana mm-hmm. and how we're approaching that here. Um, but, uh, but definitely that dynamic of the emotional conditioning that happens with pornography use, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because so many of the porn narratives, um, depict anger and aggression, violence. In fact, I was just reading on, um, an article on fight the new drugs website that said like nine out of 10 of these porn videos depict anger and violence well say you're a youth a teen mm-hmm. you know a teenager and you're seeing this and now associate this is a um an educational tool because you mm-hmm. may be learning sex from seeing these for the first time yes. never having a conversation with anyone else before yes and you're this is normalizing mm-hmm. violence and aggression mm-hmm. in the sexual act for mm-hmm. you so for a kid mm-hmm. that you know they're thinking well I guess this is what goes with this yeah. you know yeah. And you, you mentioned um, the, the, the way that it affects the brain, but can you share a little bit about that, the, the dynamics of that, um, about the, the, how it hijacks the pleasure center of the brain? It really does. What, yeah. what it used to be is very confusing because it's not a substance. So people would say, well, how in the world? Mm-hmm. It's not like a drug. It's not like you're taking something. But what they research has shown that we have these pleasure chemicals in our brain. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing something wonderful, like in having a lovely meal or a candlelight meal with your spouse Mm -hmm. or a beautiful Thanksgiving gathering, these things, um, you know, there's dopamine in the brain and Mm -hmm. and pleasure chemicals in the brain that naturally um, are active. Well, when it comes to pornography, an orgasm with all of these things, they say the brain completely lights up and there's a surge, an absolute dump, a rush of these natural chemicals mm-hmm. over and atop homeostasis. So with that, um, over time, it literally begins to rewire the brain. And that's yes. what happens. It, mm-hmm. The brain is now being newly formed for this level of pleasure. Right. So what happens then, Becky, is over time, it's never enough. You go back and, and you know, a, one, you know, an individual is seeing this and then it's desiring more. But then it's just like a drug when you start with one drug mm-hmm. and you need harder and harder. Yeah. With pornography, it's more graphic, more deviant images. Mm-hmm. 
and to content that they never would have dreamed they would have ever gone yes. or would have recoiled and yes. repel, been repelled by. Yeah. But now they feel they're viewing this because the brain needs harder, more graphic images. Mm-hmm. And often, uh, as disturbing as that is, it becomes younger and younger. Yeah. And so they're, yeah. you know, they they know this. Yeah. The industry knows this. Yeah. That's why they'll get actors who are look childlike mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and then they, you know, have names about teens and, mm-hmm. and you know, this kind of thing. And yeah. so it's just, it takes them down yeah. a, a very dark yeah. spiral. Yeah. For anybody who's listening and is really drawn into that um, or maybe hearing it for the first time, the, how this affects the brain and you want to know more, Fight the New Drugs website, yes. Brain Heart World, will explain it um, very, very well. And um, we re- we'll link that under in the show notes. Um, so yeah, so, um, definitely, um, one of the things that I, I really, really came from your work in its origins with the conference, um, is that as I do any type of pornography education or intervention or speaking, I like to, um, just like Fight the New Drug has Brain Heart World, talk about educate, protect, and heal, Mm -hmm. you know, as a real good way to, to kind of form, um, a way to respond to this pornography crisis, right? We need to educate, um, ourselves, our young people, our families on, and gender specific, like we are addressing this for women, like in your right. healing hearts right. group. Yes. And then there's there's also a group for men. Um, right. It's called there. Integrity of Heart. Mm-hmm. It is run by Father Jules. It originally started with Dan Jurek. Mm-hmm. And I believe he went back to pursue more education in his field and, and turned it over to him. Okay. And so Becky, is, as a result, we have several women whose spouses attend that group. In fact, oh, I just had Father wonderful. Jules come and speak to our women. Yeah. And they really got a tremendous mm-hmm. amount out of it to hear from the male perspective, yes. which is always uh, important. It is important. It's real important. Um, and so on the education, I mean, certainly as people come into these support groups, they're coming for healing. But also there's that level of education of helping people to understand the dynamics of how it affects us how it affects the brain, how it affects the family system, how it affects all these things and the, and the different ways that the, that have come forth in good uh, therapeutic uh, movements. I mean, there's been so much that has come up for healing Absolutely. with pornography since the early two thousands. Right. Right. And, um, and so that you have the educate, but then the protect piece. Um, and that's one, one of the dynamics I think that is, Really one of the, you know, as the woman is going through all of this frantic trying to figure out how to address this issue in her home is how do we protect our children, right, from being exposed to pornography? How do we, um, how do we keep them from being um, a victim of this agenda, you know, because it really is a a very focused and, um, uh, you know, strategic way that pornography um is marketed and sent out through the internet. We know that, um, but that there's so many different ways of being able now to equip our technology with filters and accountability um, with others and and that kind of thing, like Covenant Eyes. Right. Um, Bark is one that a lot of school systems mm-hmm. use. 
um, some of the others, um, Net Nanny is one of them, but there's, mm-hmm. there's tons out there, um, that can really help to help us to protect right. our children. Filtering. Is there anything else that you're Filtering thinking about? Filtering the computer. Yeah. Well, I remember mm-hmm. a while back and I, I think maybe one of the first, but it just came to mind was enough is enough because that was run by Donna Hughes. And this woman just really went through great lengths and strides to mm-hmm. educate parents about how these young kids are being exposed to pornography. And she, she talked all over the United States and probably mm-hmm. beyond, but did a phenomenal job with establishing a program and being able to um, lay out the, the, all of the electronics and be mm-hmm. able to show them, you know, okay, this is how they're getting. Because the stories were phenomenal. I, I read a story of a psychologist who was very well adept and trained mm-hmm. in educating and knowing about the harmful effects of pornography in her family and came home and saw the most disturbing, distressing images on her computer. Immediately she went to accuse her husband and he's like, what, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what you're saying. And he, he goes, I didn't do it. I didn't. She goes, well, then who else? We have one child. She's eight. Mm. Turns out oh. the eight year old had learned how to dismantle yeah. the filter mm-hmm. system and was able to get on. Mm-hmm. And what she saw at that point, that psychiatrist, psychologist said, I didn't even, I'd never even had the birds and the bees talk mm-hmm. with her. Now I'm calling my colleagues going, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Where do we even begin? Yeah. Because this, and yeah. I'm not going to describe it here on this channel, but sure. what she had seen right. was that was so distressing that she did not know where to begin. Yeah. And that this could, mm-hmm. and knew that she was going to need yeah. counseling because it, yeah. Th- those images would be impacted That's right. in her tiny little unformed brain. Yeah. You know? Bless. Well, at that, um, in uh, on that um, topic of children being exposed to pornography, there are two books mm-hmm. that um, Fight the New Drug used to um, really no. recommend and still does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called. Um, um, no, I'm is it good touches, again. bad touches? No. no, good pictures, bad pictures. Okay. Thank you for that prompt. Well, I feel okay. <laughs> You're way brain, younger than I am, Becky, so don't morning. start doing that to me. <laughs> uh, let me add, um, yeah. uh, Becky did do a fabulous job of providing our website with a yes. whole list of resources oh, you, that Tom. we added. <laughs> so you, fantastic. So uh, yeah. if you go to desarmofoundation.org, under ministries, we have Theology of the Body, Community of Acadiana, yes. which helps support our our efforts uh, for teaching, and you just scroll down to resources, and there's um, the whole part that uh, Becky mentioned earlier, which is educate, protect, and heal mm-hmm. intervention, and then some of the other ones, including the book uh, yes. that you just mentioned. And we'll yes. have some of this in the show notes as well. We will for people to we see will. online. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots of resources yeah. out there. So, um, thank you for that. Yeah, thank welcome. you, Tom. Thank Absolutely. you for jumping in and bringing some yeah, clarity. Keep jumping see, in, that, Tom. Feel free to jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but but just to mention, like. Uh, the real beauty of this book is it actually helps parents have the opportunity to set up that it's okay to come to me when you see a a picture of a naked person and, and, and it's, it's a bad picture. It's not a good picture. And so we want to talk about it with you. And then there, they actually have developed a conversation guiding parents through a conversation to rewire, help rewire the pleasure center of the brain that has been affected by this image so that That's it's wonderful. not something that becomes taboo that the kid is the child is already um, often thinking about and feeling shame from, but not knowing what to do with that. 
And then uh, what they do in the conversation is introduce a pleasurable, good pleasurable activity that the child likes and helps to, to uh, circumvent that you know, next time this image comes up for you, yeah. come and talk to mommy about right. it, or come to talk to daddy about it, or a teacher, and and then we can we can help you remember those pleasurable things that are good for you, and we can even go do them. Let's go eat ice cream, jump on the trampoline, you right. know that, that kind of thing, and it's genius. It is. So they have one for toddlers and one for um, for younger children. So good pictures, bad pictures. You can check out that resource on See, the Desarmo website. All of these resources mm-hmm. needed to happen, yeah. and they continue to evolve because yeah. you hear stories like one of the when we were planning our conference and. Yeah, learning more about it, educating ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can educate others. I'll never forget a story about a little boy. He was 13 when they discovered. But the doorbell rang, and the parents went to the door, and the the law officers were there. And they said, somebody, we're here to check. Somebody here is um, part of a, um, it was a child porn bust. And they're like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. We, we, We don't know what you're talking about. Inadvertently unbeknownst to the parents this little boy had gotten onto his you know the little laptop mm-hmm. i mean he was a little bit older than he was just on the brink of being a teenager yeah and had gotten on the laptop and browsing browsing scrolling scrolling over time when they thought he was doing his homework he was seeing all these pornographic mm-hmm. images and where the wrong click led him into younger and that's how, by the sheer grace of God, the law enforcement picked up on it. And thank God they could intervene, intervene at that at point that in point. Ta- yes. time. And then the parents could get help. Right. They were mortified. You yeah. can imagine. Yeah. And this, this little boy hadn't had his first mm-hmm. experience with anything. Mm-hmm. And this was happening in their own mm-hmm. home, in his own bedroom, when they mm-hmm. think he's in the safety and confines of the house yes. doing his homework. Yes. That's how dubious this is, yes. you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why all this education is so necessary and why so many of these books and other resources are coming yeah. out because people see how catastrophic this really yeah. is. Yeah. And on the healing part, we've already started talking about the support groups and the resources that are there yeah. for offering healing. Um, but before we end our conversation, I thought maybe I would just um, I would ask you about like when you look at this history of walking with women in the heal in the group. Could you maybe um, share anything that might be hopeful for our listeners in the process of, of the, um, yeah, the healing that happens Absolutely. there? Absolutely. The mm-hmm. first thing I want to make very clear is that anyone who is struggling with addictions out there, these are good, kind, loving, sensitive, intelligent, mm-hmm. and often very spiritual people. Yes that never would have gone down their path mm-hmm. had they had any idea right. that it would have led them there and that at this point in their life they could be losing everything. And I would like to offer hope that there is there's always there is always healing that can occur and that from any addiction if you the first is recognition. Yes. If someone recognizes that there is a problem mm-hmm. and it may be the wife who prompts that recognition but to have that dialogue. But once they recognize that there is a problem here, they can get help. Mm -hmm. There is so much help available. Yes. uh, So many resources, so many programs online Mm -hmm. and therapists and and, in their areas and and then those on Zoom, you know, um, and uh, that that can 
be out of town now yes. and they can they can find sex addiction spirit and then you know i remember way back in the day patrick corns who is a real veteran trying to blow the whistle on all of this and educate mm-hmm. people was the one who mm-hmm. said um he had a pine grove in mississippi and it was it's an inpatient uh-huh. treatment center so we you know, he knew that this was where this was going, and he said, "This is going to be a tsunami. It'll take a hundred years to unravel all of this." Mm-hmm. He said that over twenty years ago. Yes. So I, I, but I want to offer hope to everybody and the women as well that um, there are resources out there. There's, there's so much that um, can bring about healing and recovery. Mm-hmm. To never think that this is a hopeless situation, because I personally have witnessed the most miraculous events yeah. among the women in my group. Mm-hmm. That's is phenomenal. They are. Yeah. Um, we, we all marvel at every day the miracles that are happening. Indeed, so. indeed. There's been yeah. lots of fruit there. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for your work. Thank you for your oh, um, your faithfulness to you're that. Welcome, um, and so just yeah, just to invite our listeners. Um, Definitely, as we continue to approach this topic from different perspectives over the coming weeks, um, we, we're always talking about, Margaret, which you, 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 I know you know, that um, the, the writings of John Paul II mm-hmm. and kind of how this informs the common experiences of all of humanity. Like there's something about his writings that just resonate in the heart of every human person is ringing true. Yeah. A lot of times if we break it open for them in a way that um, can be relatable to those experiences. And so we're going to be applying some of those things. He actually spent a whole section of Theology of the Body just talking about pornography and the issue of pornography um, and how to understand it in the light of human experience and, and how to receive a deeper healing from that perspective that he gives. So that'll be something that we continue to talk about. We definitely want to continue the conversation on uh, the level of how to educate, protect, and heal, Mm -hmm. right? And so we just, we're really grateful that you joined us for this portion. And Oh, Becky, I'm I'm so grateful to be here. And I just would want to add one more thing. Yeah. That always encourage the women Mm -hmm. in the sacramental life of the church because so many of them are so devout that I honestly and spend hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament I've seen and they purport to have so much healing as a result and the Holy Eucharist. So coupled with theology, the body and Mm -hmm. the beautiful teachings and that awareness all in itself, plus the sacramental life of the church. That is a huge level of healing sure. as well that can bring Indeed. that component in. So yes. I just wanted to mention that. So before we close the show, um, definitely want to hit on uh, an important aspect of, of this particular topic, uh, being that we recognize um, that many people could be listening to this episode struggling with pornography uh, in one way or the other. And... Uh, perhaps walk away feeling shamed, feeling, um, you know, uh, really uh, bad about how they're connected to the topic, whether it be someone they're in relationship with or themselves. And we know that over the process of healing work, right, Margaret, Mm -hmm. that we've learned a lot of pornography use and consumption is connected with core wounds that people have experienced in childhood and uh, developmental um, 
arrested development at times because of different issues growing up and this, um, you know, attraction to it and getting caught up in it can be connected with deep seated places that are needing healing. So we definitely want to mention that that is the, the aspect from which we approach the person who's struggling with pornography, the dignity of the human person. So important to remember, um, that all of the things that we've talked about as far as the, um, how a person is created for love, by love, um, to be love, still applies to the human person who is caught up in Absolutely. pornography use at any level. Um, and that we want to really affirm uh, that there is hope for recognizing where that, that brokenness that may keep us rooted in a, an addiction or, or, or struggling with an addiction or in relationship with people who are in addiction um, can be um, brought to the light mm-hmm. and healed. Um, and so I uh, d- definitely wanted to touch on that topic. Is there anything you've come across in your work that you could speak to about healing those core wounds and, and what you've I learned? Think, I think you said mm-hmm. it so beautifully. I, I wouldn't be able to improve on that, honestly. Um, it's all about finding a lot of times they're medicating something mm-hmm. that's so much deeper, as you say, that could have been, yeah. a, you know, family of origin wound, which is growing yes. up in a household that could be chaotic. Yeah. Um, um, you know, maybe, um, you know, there's these wounds of abandonment. If there's an abusive parent or alcohol mm-hmm. is rampant in the home, there's, you know, then they're not feeling secure. There could be all of these mm-hmm. things where there's a sense of rejection and powerlessness. Yeah. So many of these deep-seated core wounds can be the very result that later manifests itself in any co- number of addictions, mm-hmm. not just porn. Yeah. But um, so that's that's beautifully said that if you can get some help and start to identify, expose, and bring to the light those mm-hmm. wounds, then... It's no longer in the darkness. It can't, no longer has the same power over one to consume them. And then healing is on the way. Yeah. Some of that uh, healing too could come in some not so obvious ways. Um, Some retreats that are offered out there um, within our diocese and rest of the place in in the world as well, in many different countries, um, you may not be intently going in to break open if you have these issues in your life, but many of them are structured as to what's the heaviest thing on your heart that mm-hmm. you're bringing in. What is the baggage? And yeah. personally, I've witnessed this at a few um, retreats, uh, mm-hmm. particularly acts retreats, where I'm pretty sure that wasn't uh, on the bus ride over to the retreat center. Right. That wasn't yeah. the meaning yes. of why this person stepped onto mm-hmm. the bus and got off the bus. And it's just that it was the event, um, it was time, and the spirit moving in their lives, mm-hmm. and everything that, um, for, for those of the who haven't gone to an axe retreat, it's, it's a three-day retreat that um, kind of brings you back into alignment in the person you would really sure. want to be mm-hmm. uh, and that God's asking you to become. So that was something that was very beautiful and, and could happen. So I've, I've witnessed that uh, in that situation. But uh, yeah, um, the the healing part about it, um, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot more about that in my mm-hmm. own personal life mm-hmm. in the sense of um, that can come in many ways as a physical heal, 
um, but also uh, as a spiritual part of your life as well. And yes. So, yeah. Um, look for both of them as often as you can. Yes. Yeah. And I'll say that all of the resources that we're linking, all of the resources that have come forth that we were talking about have some element of that, of providing for that, looking at your history. What is it that's being triggered, both for the person who may be caught up in the addiction and the person in relationship to that, you know, the, the, the people in relationship to that person. Mm -hmm. um, it's been one of the most beautiful times at Broken and Beloved because there has been a rise in women who are struggling with porn addiction. When we have someone who, a woman who has been struggling with porn addiction and a woman who is in relationship with her husband who's struggling with porn addiction, to hear from a porn addict's perspective and it be a woman who's saying in the group, like, I know you think it's about you, but it's really not. And then goes into some very um, detailed personal experience that helps the other woman realize, oh, you know, it's easier for her to have compassion mm. and the compassion then open up towards her spouse or her, her, her um, boyfriend um, on that level of the personal witness that has come forth from a woman who's, uh, struggling with porn addiction in the group. So, um, so yes, all of this that we've been talking about, if, if help is sought, you will find that element of healing the core wounds worked into a good recovery program and healing support groups. So, and yeah. then a, a couple, I think, Beck, if you could help me remember a couple of the episodes that we had previously that might also fit into that oh, category. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. So, yeah, so our um, some of our earliest episodes, Solitude and Isolation, Is There No Shame? Um, we definitely, the one on the heart of the matter and the interior life um, is a good one to listen to. Also, all of our episodes in the, that came uh, during November, it was uh, a, three episodes on the mystery of human suffering. So if you go into our podcast and you look at past episodes, you'll see those. Those are great um, podcasts to listen to that would really shore up and, and bring a fuller um, understanding as we move through these topics, which we will. We will be moving through these topics for the next couple of weeks, really, um, focusing on... Um, on pornography and its effects on individuals, on relationships, on families, um, and marriage. You always talking in that structure of how do we educate, protect, and heal. So stay tuned. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we reference and discuss in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbook fh1 at gmail.com again that's handbook fh1 at gmail.com please subscribe to this podcast we are available on all major networks such as spotify apple or google if you have a minute please leave a review honest what you think we definitely want to know share with your friends family anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations handbook for humanity is a production of the desormo foundation a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit desormofoundation.org. That's D E S O R M E A U X 
foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.